Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. All right, well, good morning. I want to welcome everybody here in the room, everybody watching online as well. And so I want to start this morning with a question, okay? And here's the question. How many of you have something specific in your life that you're hoping to change? Go ahead and raise your hands if you'd like. Okay, how many of you have something specific in your life that you're hoping to change? Well, the good news is we're talking in this series about where we get the power to change. So if there is something in your life that you're hoping to change, I want you to think very specifically about what that something is. And and maybe you're here this morning and you're hoping to get out of debt. Or or maybe you're hoping just to manage your money better. Or or maybe you're here and, and you're thinking, you know, I want to improve my marriage. I'm hoping to improve my marriage. Or you're hoping to get in better physical shape. Or you're hoping to be more organized. I don't know what it is for you, but I want to tell you, hope is good. Hey, hope is good. In fact, turn to your neighbor and just tell them right now, hope is good. Yeah. Hope is good. But let me tell you something. Hope alone won't change your life. Habits will. Hope alone will not change your life. Habits will. And I'll try to illustrate this. Let me ask you a question just for fun. What did you do at the beginning of the day last Wednesday morning? Okay, just think for a moment. You don't have to spit it out. Okay, just think about it. Do you remember what you did at the very beginning of the day this past Wednesday? Now, chances are, if I gave you enough time, most of you could think of most of what you've done or what you did. You know why? Because what you did at the beginning of the day on Wednesday was probably pretty similar to what you did at the beginning of the day on Tuesday and most likely similar to what you did at the beginning of the day on Thursday. And so for most of you, your alarm went off, right, and, and you hit the button, and then you got up and you went to the bathroom, right? I mean, that's, that's what I do first, okay? And I won't tell you at my age how many times I got up during the night to do that, but that's kind of my typical routine. That's, that's kind of pretty normal, right? And I'm guessing then most of you, not all of you, most of you went to get a cup of coffee or whatever your preferred beverage of choice is, and then you may have checked your phone, Right? You opened up your phone and, and you looked at your emails or your texts or Instagram or, or Facebook or the more spiritual ones you tapped right on your Bible app, right? Or you got your Bible out and you prayed a bit before you went to Instagram. But you probably did something similar to what you do every morning. And then at some point in time, you, you got in the shower, right? Or if you didn't take a shower, hopefully you took one the night before or you better take one that night, all right? Get, get in the habit of showering, that's a good thing. So you showered, and then, and then if you eat breakfast, you got a bite to eat for breakfast. You got dressed, and if you go to work, chances are you got in the car and you drove to work. And you probably drove the exact same way to work as you did the day before. In fact, if at work I asked you, do you remember driving to work? You'd probably say no. Why? Because you drove there on autopilot, which is kind of scary if you stop to think about it. But it illustrates this fact that most of what we normally do on a daily basis, it's not the result of hope, it's the result of habits. As a matter of fact, there was a fascinating study that revealed that 40%, hear me on this, 40% of your daily actions are not even the result of conscious decisions, the result of habits, the result of habits. 40% of what you do each and every day, you don't even consciously think about or decide, you just do them habitually. 
So if you want to change your life, then you need to change your habits. Well, the title of today's message is Holy Habits. And there's a reason for that. It is Holy Habits. And I'm going to begin by just showing you the power of one habit. Like how can one holy habit change your life? Well, we're going to look at that. We're going to begin in Daniel chapter 6. And let me get you, just give you the background behind this story, the context behind this story here. This is Daniel chapter 6. The year is 587 B.C. King of Babylon is King Nebuchadnezzar. For the most part, he's kind of a bad dude. Okay, the Babylonians came in and they attacked the people of Jerusalem, totally destroyed the temple, wiped out most everything they had just to humiliate the people of God. And then they took many of them captive. And to show you how evil Nebuchadnezzar was, when he took those prisoners captive, he actually stripped them down naked and, and that, it was just to humiliate them. That was the only purpose. And then he took some of the best of the best of them and he was going to indoctrinate them in the Babylonian ways, right? So that they could potentially be future leaders. Well, one young guy stood out. His name was Daniel. And Nebuchadnezzar tried to manipulate Daniel, tried to train Daniel in the ways of the Babylonians. And, you know, you would look at that from the outside and think, well, Daniel's got no chance whatsoever. I mean, here he is. He's a prisoner. He's captive to the most powerful king around. Like, what chance does he have? Well, with God, any kind of chance, right? All chances are possible. So here's what happens. The king, the king, he actually starts to have these really, really weird dreams, and all of his spiritual advisors, they, they just can't interpret them. They can't figure out what these dreams mean. But Daniel hears about it. And God gave Daniel the ability, supernaturally, to interpret those dreams. And so Daniel goes to the king and says, King, here's what your dreams mean. And Nebuchadnezzar was so blown away by the power of God working through Daniel that he actually bowed down, presented an offering, and said, Daniel, surely your God is the one true God. Now, all that raises the question how did God accomplish something so big through Daniel? And the answer is, God often does big things through small habits. You can take that to the bank. God often does big things through small habits. Now, let me give you the backstory in case you don't know. Daniel had found favor with Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar wanted to promote him. But some of Nebuchadnezzar's key leaders, they were jealous. They're like, we can't let Daniel get promoted. We got to get this guy canceled. Like we got to find some flaw in his character that we can point out to the king to discredit him. Well, the problem was when they looked at Daniel's life, they couldn't find any flaws in his character. In fact, Daniel 6, 5 says, finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. And so these guys, they checked out the law and figured out Daniel, and they went to the king and said, Nebuchadnezzar, you know what you should do? You should enact a law for 30 days. If any person prays to anybody but you, you throw them in the lion's den. My king, you are worthy of that honor. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, sure, no problem, you know, whatever you want to do. And right here, we're about to see how one Holy habit. One habit made Daniel the man of God he was. See if you can pick it up. This is Daniel 6.10. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. 
Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So these evil guys, they, they go immediately to Nebuchadnezzar and say, hey, Daniel's been praying. Daniel's been praying. He broke the law. And Nebuchadnezzar's upset because he likes Daniel. And so he's going, oh, man, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But he feels pressured because he made the law. And so he put Daniel in the lion's den. And the Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar, he was up all night long worrying, wondering, going, oh, I hope he's okay. Hope he's okay. And they sealed this place with a large stone. And so the next morning, Nebuchadnezzar goes down there and says, Daniel, Daniel, has the God you serve been able to rescue you? And Daniel, having spent the whole night in this den of lions, they're very hungry, but where an angel of the Lord had shut the mouths of the lions, he says, yes, king, my God has rescued me. Now that raises the question, you know, how did Daniel set himself apart? Like how did Daniel have the faith to stare down those lions? Well, the answer is right here in this text. Daniel prayed just as he had done before. Daniel prayed just as he had done before. One small holy habit, the habit of prayer. And what did this one habit of praying do for Daniel? Not just once a day, but three times a day? Well, I guarantee you it built his faith in God. It strengthened his spiritual intimacy with the Lord. He learned to hear God's voice and be prompted in God's direction. I guarantee you, it built his strength and his confidence to say no to spiritual temptation, to stand when everybody else would fall. See, that one holy habit literally changed the trajectory of Daniel's life. And that's why I would say to you, never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. Folks, never underestimate how God can start something huge through one tiny habit. Never underestimate what God can do in your marriage or in your health or in your faith or in your friendships or in your ministry impact through one small God-honoring holy habit. Now, let's take a few minutes right now. I want to review where we've been over the last couple of weeks because we're building principle upon principle here. Back in week one, we talked about a really important principle that real and lasting life change isn't behavior modification, it's spiritual transformation. Big difference here. We're not just talking about some pop psychology behavior modification. We're talking about spiritual transformation. It is spiritual. And so in week one, we talked about our spiritual why. Why do we want to change? Not just that I, I want my body to be in better shape so I'm, so I'm better looking. It's that I want to honor God with the temple of the Holy Spirit, the, the body he's given me. It's not just that I want to be better at managing my money so I got more money to spend on me. No, I want to honor God and be a good steward of the resources he's given me. So we don't just have a worldly why, we have a spiritual why, and that leads to spiritual transformation. Well, then in week two, we talked about our identity. Why do you do what you do? And we said you do what you do because of what you think of you. So if you want to change what you do, you got to change what you think of you. You are not who you think you are. You're not who the devil says you are. You're not who other people say you are. You are who God says you are. And so we have this spiritual uh, who, right? And before that, we have the spiritual why. And then today, we're going to talk about the spiritual what. And these are spiritual habits. These are the habits that lead to a God-honoring life. 
And the question is this, based on who you want to become, what is one habit you need to start? Begin thinking about that. Based on who you want to become, what is one habit that you need to start? You know, maybe you say, I want to be a spiritual example to my kids or or my grandkids. Or you say, I want to be a a godly witness to the people I work with or to my neighbors. Or I want to be better at managing my money. I want to be more disciplined. Like based on who you want to become, what is one habit you need to start? And start small. That's okay. That's actually preferred, okay? You don't need to say, all right, I want to run a triathlon by next Friday, okay? Or I'm going to pay off my house by next month. No, no, no. Start small. What is one small habit that you could start? You might say, you know, my one small habit, I'm just not going to hit the snooze button in the morning. I mean, think about the difference that that might make in your life, the time you might have. Or maybe you say, I want to grow in my spiritual intimacy with the Lord. And maybe your one habit is Bible before Facebook, okay? It's Bible before Facebook. For some of you, you may say, that's impossible, okay? With God, all things are possible. You can do this. Bible before Facebook, or I want to leave a spiritual legacy. Maybe your one habit then is I'm going to pray with my children each and every night before they go to bed. Like, what is, what is it for you? You say, well, I want to be a person who shows genuine concern to others. Well, maybe your one habit is I'm going to write a note of appreciation or I'm going to send a text of encouragement each and every day. Or I want to be more organized. God is a God of order, and I want to honor him with an orderly life. And, and so maybe your one habit is I'm going to make my bed each day as soon as I get up, or I'm going to pick up after myself before I leave the kitchen. Or, or maybe you say, I want to be healthier. Like I recognize that I want to honor God with my body. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me. And so maybe your one habit is I'm going to eliminate all soft drinks, okay? And I know for some of you that may be tougher than Bible before Facebook, but you can do it. Like you're not a victim. You're an overcomer. You can overcome Cherry Coke, Mountain Dew, whatever it is. I promise you. Or, or maybe you say, you know what? And more than anything else, I want our family to be closer to God. Well, your one habit may be then that we're going to come to church together as a family. Not just every other Sunday or once a month. We're going to come every Sunday. We're going to make that commitment. You know, let me give you a great Bible verse on habits based on this last point. This is the habit of attending church together. Hebrews 10.25 says, Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made, say it with me, a habit. You know, after COVID hit, watching online, it just became a habit for all of us. Let us not neglect meeting together as some have made a habit, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let's not neglect coming to the house of God together, to worship together, to hear his word together, to fellowship, to encourage one another. And let me just say a word for clarification here. If you're watching online, I recognize that, that for some people online watching, that is your best and only option. Praise God. We're glad that you're doing it. But, but for those of you who could be here more often, you know, I just want to say we love you. We miss you. It's better when we're here together, when we're all here, when you're here with us. And so just as often as you possibly can, as often as you possibly can, come. Let's not neglect meeting together if some have made a habit. You know, the bottom line is this. Based on who you want to become, what is one habit you need to start? 
Now, real quick here, let me give you two ways, two practical ways to create a new habit. First, if there's something that you want to do, you need to make it obvious, right? Make it obvious. And there are a lot of versions out there of habit cycles. I just gave you a simple one on your outline. It goes like this. There's a cue, there's a trigger, which then leads to a craving, a desire, and then a response, an action, and then finally a reward. So first of all, there's a cue. There is something that you see. Maybe it's a donut that's sitting on the table there, right? That's your cue. And then that's followed by a desire, a craving, me want donut, okay? <clears throat> and then a response. Maybe you grab the donut, you eat it, and then you get the reward, the sugar high, right? Whatever it is. I got a picture up here. Here's, here's a picture of my dog, Vike, okay? <laughs> yeah, oh, he's a cutie. He loves the habit cycle. Like more than anything else, he likes to know what's coming. And there are all kinds of cues that Vike responds to. One of them is always fascinating to me. It happens once a week when it's trash day, okay, when I got to get all the trash out to the road. As soon as I start picking up the trash from around the house, right, not, not the kitchen trash, he's used to that, but he sees me picking up all those other little trash cans, man, he starts getting jacked up and he is whimpering and he is whining and he's by the door. He's like, let me out, let me out. And as soon as I open that door, he shoots right for the truck. Why? Because he knows I use the truck and I hook the trash can up to the little hitch in the back and I drag it down our long driveway out to the road. And those Wednesday night rides in the pickup trucks, that's like the highlight of his life. It's like, this is the best. I love it. But it all starts with that cue. And what is that cue? He sees me picking up the trash from around the house. Well, that's a dog. Well, guess what? The same thing is true with us. When it comes to your habits, your cues determine what you do. So you want to change what you do? You need to change your cues. To change what you do, change your cues. Make it obvious, okay? Very simply, I want to take my vitamins in the morning, okay? All right, if they're up in the cabinet, then take them out the night before. Like put them by your toothbrush so in the morning you're brushing your teeth, you're like, oh, yeah, I need to take my vitamins, Otherwise, you'll be like me. You'll take your vitamins in the morning. You'll walk out of the kitchen, and 30 seconds later, you'll go, honey, did I just take my vitamins? I, I don't remember. Anybody else in here can relate? Okay, not quite as many as Sun City, but all right, wait, I appreciate it. I appreciate that. They're more my people. I'm just, I'm just saying, pushing 60. It's real. I've got to make it. I seriously have to make it obvious. I really do. I put the vitamins. Okay, these are the ones I've taken. I put them up here. It's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, it's life. I want to read my Bible every day. Like I want to, first thing in the morning, I want to read my Bible. Don't leave your Bible in the drawer. Okay, put it by your cereal bowl or you know, put a reminder on your phone. Make it obvious. The next thing you need to do is you need to make it easy. Make it obvious and make it easy. You know, <clears throat> there's a principle that a lot of um, productivity experts have written about. It's called the two-minute rule. You may have heard of it. The two-minute rule says if you can do something in two minutes or less, do it now. Like, clear it off your plate. In fact, one of the keys to starting a new habit is to actually make it a habit that you can do in two minutes or less. So let's say you want to create a habit of journaling, all right? Make it easy. Instead of, I'm going to write four pages, okay? Say, all right, I'm going to write one sentence, one sentence a day. You're lowering the threshold of success, because if you write one sentence, you'll get in the habit. And if you write one sentence, you might write two sentences. But if you don't write one sentence, guess what? You'll never write two sentences. 
Or let's say you want to get in the habit of praying with your spouse, but that's hard because it's awkward, it's intimidating, whatever. You lower the threshold. Say, honey, we're going to hold hands and we're going to thank God for one thing. God, thank you that we have healthy kids. God, thank you that we have jobs. Can't think of anything. God, thank you that we're alive, all right? Just thank God for one thing. And if you thank God for one thing, you might thank him for two things and then three things. And the next thing you know, you're learning to pray together. Exercise. You say, I hate exercise. Okay, start small. Lower the threshold. I'm going to do five push-ups a day. One, two, three, four, five. I'm done. And if you do five push-ups a day, you you might eventually do ten. And then you might do sit-ups and planks and lunges. Next thing you know, you might be doing backflips in your bedroom before bed, right? But you just build it up. But you start small. It's so much easier that way. Start small and build. Another principle is what's called habit stacking. This is where you stack your habits one after another. You say, I will do blank right after I do blank. I'll do this one thing after I do that one thing. And let me tell you, you can start stacking your holy habits so that you become who God wants you to be. My guess is that Daniel, Daniel did something like this. Think about it. If he prayed three times a day, you know, when do you suppose he prayed? I bet he had a set time. So maybe Daniel said, okay, after I have my Cheerios in the morning, I am going to my prayer closet and I'm going to pray. And after my grilled cheese sandwich at lunch, I'm going to that prayer closet and I'm going to pray. And after my SpaghettiOs for dinner, I'm going to that prayer closet and I'm going to pray. And yes, I know, don't send me emails. Daniel was a vegetarian. Daniel ate, I know he ate healthy, okay? (laughs) The point is this. If he prayed three times a day, there's a decent chance that before a meal, after a meal, he would pray. You know, I have my own spiritual habits, right? These routines that I've established and I've learned to stack them. You know, I get a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. Don't get in my way, okay? I'm going straight for the coffee pot. But before I get to do my Wordle or check my email or my text, I'm gonna do my prayer time. I'm gonna finish that prayer time. And sometimes I will double down. I have prayer time and then I'll have this list of people that I'll pray for. Sometimes I'll get on my recumbent bike and and I'll pray while I'm riding that bike. And so I'm doing physical training and spiritual discipline at the same time. And the Apostle Paul actually talks about this. He talks about how similar physical training and spiritual training are. He said this, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And he actually says, train yourself for the purpose of godliness. Physical training, spiritual training, they work off the same principles. Habits, habits, one small habit at a time, and you become more and more and more like Jesus. Hope alone, hope alone doesn't change you. Habits will. And people never underestimate the power of one small habit. Zechariah 4.10, I love this. says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Let me say that again. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices just to see the work begin. God often does big things through small habits. And people, I could sit up here and tell you dozens of ways, looking back over my life, how my life was changed by one little habit, a habit that started out so, so tiny, but it grew and it grew and it grew. And I thought about this, the same principles that I used to use when I was in the gym all the time, working out, they're the same principles that you would use in your spiritual life, okay? 
It's very, very similar. So I remember when I first started working out, lifting weights, I was doing eight to 10 reps with 40-pound dumbbells, okay? It's pretty modest. But after a while, I thought, well, hey, if I can do 40-pound dumbbells, then in a month or two, I can work up to 45s, and I can work up to 50s, and then I can work up to 60s, and then I can work up to 70s. And, and I just kept, you know, little by little by little, seven years later, I was doing the same amount of reps with 120-pound dumbbells, okay? Which is, yes, absolutely ridiculous for a 50-something guy. Okay, not smart, but do you think that stopped me from lifting those heavy dumbbells? No, because I am a dumbbell, all right? <laughs> Eventually, though, you know, my muscles loved that. You know what happened? My tendons, my ligaments, my bones, my joints said, uh-uh, we're done here. You're going to act your age, which I've never done before. <laughs> but, but the same principles, I'm telling you. You look at that passage, it's a broader context there. Paul says, train yourself to be godly. Train yourself to be godly. And then he launches into the comparison of physical training and spiritual training. Train yourself to be godly. And those same principles that work in other areas of life, they work in your spiritual life. My spiritual disciplines have not been the result of some amazing natural gifting. It's been a lifelong endeavor. You know, a number of years ago, I, I, people would ask me to pray for them. And quite honestly, I would say, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pray for you. And I would usually write it down, and I'd say a prayer for that person. And then, okay, good, I'm done with that. But I decided, you know, the Lord was convicting me. I really, really, truly want to get them. I want to pray for people, and I want to put them on my daily prayer list, prayer list. So I started telling people, I will do that. And so at first, it was really small. I mean, five or ten minutes, I, I would be done. But over time, bit by bit by bit, I built it up. I built it up until the point where years later, for a season, I was literally praying for hundreds of people each and every day. It's just those little habits. Uh, scripture memory. I started off very, very young doing scripture memory. I, immediately after I came to faith, I was in a discipleship group, and people were training me. And they said, you can do scripture memory. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know about this, right? And so I started small. I started with the simple verses. It's like, okay, what, what would be a good verse? Jesus wept. That's a good one. Okay, here we go. Jesus wept. Woo, nailed it. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you can do two words, you can do a sentence, right? If you can do a sentence, why couldn't you do a paragraph? Do a paragraph, why couldn't you do a chapter? If you can do a chapter, why couldn't you do a book? And years later, I had several books of the Bible memorized. Finances, debt, for the term baby steps, <laughs> baby step after baby step after baby step, year after year, eventually we cleared our credit card debt. We built up that emergency fund. We got that three months reserve and savings. It took 12 years, 12 years. The point is, hope alone didn't change me and make me more like Jesus. The holy habits did. Holy habits did. And I thought about this. There was no like humongous, giant, big habit that helped me to grow closer to God. But there were lots of little ones that over time helped me to become who God wanted me to be. And you can do the same. So based on who you want to become, what is one habit you need to start? Start small and do not despise the small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices just to see that work begin. And never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. Let's pray. Lord, it's been a fun week for me to explore these concepts, to reflect on my own life. And God, we recognize that apart from you, none of this can happen. 
Like we have to show up, just like at the gym. We've got to show up. We've got to go through the motions. But it is your Holy Spirit who transforms. So we could do all these things. We could go through the motions of a prayer and Bible study. But without your Holy Spirit, none of this happens. This is not behavior modification. This is spiritual transformation. But as Paul says, train yourself. Train yourself to be godly. We recognize it's, it's not going to happen by just hoping it'll happen, but by us being disciplined, by us setting aside time and, and getting into these habits. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters here this morning that they would simply ask the question, who do I want to become? And then just one, one habit. Otherwise, it's overwhelming. Start small, just one small habit that they can start. And I pray that as they do that and then eventually stack their habits, that they would see transformation. And again, God, as we acknowledge that this is spiritual, it has to be bathed in prayer. Daniel's habit of prayer is so significant that he prayed not once a day, but three times a day. And it was that little habit that really set him apart from everybody else. So God, we thank you that through your Holy Spirit, all things are possible. And as we learn these principles and as we apply them to our lives, we ask that you would help us to become more and more complete, more and more mature, more and more like your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.